0: Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music! You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 159, and it's another Music Memories episode. And today I'm joined by a first-time guest here on the show. It's Rob Viper. Hello, Rob. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate
1: you. I was surprised to get a message from you, but I'm excited to do the show. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here, definitely. Um, I I remember this the other day. We actually met a few years ago at mania weekend in new york it was at the russell versus the world show uh, me and rich sat together at that show and um for those that don't know you work at high spots and they do WrestleCon every year and um you know you were there just walking by and you said hello so uh nice to say hello again after all this time
1: <laughs> well i mean i don't want to hurt your feelings or anything but i do remember that interaction but i only remember rich i don't remember you <laughs>
0: I know. I don't know, I
1: just because I ran, I ran into Rich before, so I remember him, but I know he was sitting with somebody, so I'm res- presuming that's you.
0: It was me, it was me. Well, well I don't blame you at all, because, you know, Mania Weekend every year is just so hectic with uh, all the people and the shows and the conventions going on, the logistics and whatnot, so I don't, I don't blame you at all, don't worry about that. Um, now, we're a few weeks removed from this year's Mania Weekend. Have you, uh, you know, fully decompressed at all, finally, after the, uh, the busyness?
1: A little, but it's actually the best time because I'm so sick of wrestling after a weekend like that. <laughs> that the hockey playoffs start in perfect time.
0: Oh yeah, well I mean you know you and John Carroll are like you know the big hockey guys that I know. So yeah, it's a a big time of the year for you, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, again, many a weekend always so so crazy busy. But but this year must have been pretty special for you, considering that you know you're one of the biggest lucha libre guys I know. And seeing the Lucha guys, you know, pretty much steal the weekend this year, it's got to feel good. I mean, you know, guys like Vikingo and Commander and, and Tarus and whatnot, guys that you and Cubs fan have championed for so long, to see them just take the weekend by storm and really America by storm, you know, over the past month or so, it's it's pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love weekends like this. It gives a chance to expose new talent to the people you give a, you give everybody a chance. Everybody wants their Mania Weekend moment. For those who don't know, I'm the one, like I booked the WrestleCon Super Show and any other shows affiliated with WrestleCon. I mean, not Impact New Japan or anything, but any shows <laughs> that we run under our own banner. And I just, I love it because it's a chance, like I said, for, for, to get new names out there to put together the matches I want to see. And yeah, get, getting guys like Commander Vikingo out there, in Commander's case, a guy who... I can't tell you, I've been trying to pitch this guy to be used since like 2019, I would say, just anybody to give him a shot. And then a weekend like this, where he's so in demand that he actually has to turn down bookings. That's, that's my favorite thing to see guys, to see people finally take a chance on somebody that I've been saying you should use. And those guys just hitting a home run. And now Vikingo's goes off to the races, he's going to be a TV star.
0: Yeah. AEW and ROH and. All sorts of places, and um, yeah, it is a shame that it took this long to get here, unfortunately, but the door's been kicked in, and now here comes the flood, so <laughs> here we go, yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, since it's your first time on the show here, Rob, I'll ask you this. How did you become a wrestling fan? Not necessarily Lucha, we'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure, but uh, like wrestling in general, how did you become a fan of it?
1: I wish I could tell you. Honestly, (laughs) I just remember my first, uh, I don't know what they call it. I know there's a term for it, but your first physical memory as a child, the first memory you have at the youngest stage, mine just involves watching WWF wrestling on TV. I remember like Macho Man versus the Barbarian was the match. And I just, ever since I was a kid, I just know I've been a fan. I've asked my mom, she said, oh, you had the, you started collecting the toys at a young age and, so I was just a WWF guy. I guess I came up in the boom. What can I say?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't that young. I was, you know, 10 years old or whatever. So I didn't get wrestling from the jump, so to speak, like you did. But uh, but yeah, I can imagine if you're that young and being introduced to wrestling, you know, that, that way, it's going to stick with you. And, uh, well, it stuck with you, Rob. I guess so there. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, has music played a big part in your fandom at all?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I was a... Uh... A late bloomer, I guess you could say, getting it to actual music. I was like in school, I was never really into music until closer to my college. Like my last year of high school, going into college was when I started to realize, oh, music is pretty cool. And of course, people who know who Rob Viper is, I guess from the Internet, would know that I was like the music video guy. So once I got into music, I started to combine my music love with my wrestling love and turn them into music videos, which I guess is what first made me known.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i think i've said before on the show that i've i've dabbled a little bit with music videos for like new japan pro wrestling and um i mean it, it's a lot of work nowadays with technology or whatever so i can i can't even imagine how it was back then you know but uh but if you have the passion for it i'm sure it's all worth it all the uh the blood sweat and tears so yeah it, it's a lot of fun but it is you know a lot of work there too rob for sure
1: yeah it was actually the i found that It was easier to introduce people, for example, to Lucha Libre, instead of just telling them, oh, this is good. This is good. You just put up a nice little music video. I I started off with like just, you know, cool spots, compilations and adding music to it. Usually Andrew WK (laughs) and people would just go crazy for it and like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? And from there, you can then turn them into a Lucha fan by recommending matches and such.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good promotional tool. Um, I mean, nowadays you just need like a GIF, and that's pretty much it, really. Just all the promotion you need, just your know, one crazy GIF. But um, but yeah, a good video can really get the uh, the old uh, the old juices flowing, as they say. So yeah. But uh, but all right, uh, we are here today, Rob, to do another music memories episode. And for those that may not know, music memories is what I have on a guest to talk about three memories from the wrestling fandom that are strongly linked to music in some way. It could be a wrestler's theme, it could be a TV or pay-per-view theme, it could be from a game, an album, a movie or show about wrestling perhaps, whatever it may be, and it's not about you know, analyzing the music. It's more of just like a casual conversation about these memories, about these songs and whatnot. So uh, with that said, let's get to it then. Uh, Rob, what is your first music memory? So
1: my first music memory is A Little Respect by Erasure. I chose this song is because it is the first theme song that Rey Mysterio Jr. used in A when he started in 92 and lasted basically his entire run, all the way to the end.
0: Yeah, we played this back on the Rey Mysterio episode with Rich a few years ago, and um, even then we were like, this is kind of a weird choice because it's so different from the usual, you know, Rey Latin hip-hop theme or whatever, but uh, but it's still a good song, and, and yeah, no big shocker that you would pick this because... I know you're a big Rey Mysterio fan, and you actually posted a clip on Twitter the other day of, of Rey and Seacosis in AAA and how that was like a big gateway for you to be a Lucha fan. So, yeah, no surprise at all that this would be one of your picks, Rob.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I could go on all day talking about my love of Lucha and how that match influenced it. The The song connection is just because, you know, there's no there's no copyright law in Mexico, so you can use <laughs> any song you want. You're not going to get in trouble. And so I was being exposed to this music again before I was actually into music. And so I had no idea who Racer was. I was like, why is this guy using this lame, like romantic song? Like it just sounded something like my parents would listen to. And this guy's coming out to it who at that time I think is the coolest thing ever, Ray Mysterio Jr. And, but every time I would hear that song, when he would come out to do a match on AAA, I would pop for it. But at the same time I would have to keep my TV a little low because it's embarrassing. I mean, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old and you're like listening to music like that and you think you care about what people think about you. <laughs> it's like, what is this song, you know?
0: Yeah, my first Ray theme was a little bit different than that. It was, uh, you know, who dead Jump been out the sky, R-E-Y. So a little <laughs> a little different than Erasure, I think, there. But um, but even so, I mean, I came to Ray 10 years later than you did in, in 03. But, you know, he was still just so mind-blowing to me as a 10-year-old kid, even though at that point he had already been pretty well-known. I hadn't seen him before, so to see this guy look like a superhero just pop up out of the stage with the pyro and do the big springboards and the 619 and all that crazy stuff, it was so hard not to just become enamored with that guy. And again, this is 2003, so it's after he had already just innovated a ton of stuff beforehand in WCW and AAA or whatever, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like this was you know, prime new Rey Mysterio. But still, for a kid like me to see him for the first time back then, it was so easy to just fall in love with the guy, Rob.
1: Yeah, it was life-changing for me just watching him, that match with Rey Mysterio. That was like, the I think that Rey Mysterio Jr. Seacoste's match was the second Rey Mysterio Jr. match I'd ever seen. So I was lucky that I got to see basically their best work, like the second time I've ever seen him. And it's hard... You just see something like that and change your entire perspective of what wrestling could be. And I remember trying to get my friends into it, bringing them to my house literally just to watch that match that I recorded off TV. And, you know, it was hard to get over the other language barrier, it being in Spanish. But for me, there was no barrier. Once, once I saw Ray doing what he did and with Sikosis in there, it was like, I got to find every match by these guys. <laughs> I got to follow their entire careers. It, it literally changed my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, what Ray did for me was, I think, really instilled just a love and admiration for wrestlers who can do amazing athletic feats with their bodies. I mean, I love a good brawl. I love a good, you know, technical wrestling match or whatever. But if you can pull off just these impressive physical sequences that make me go, holy shit, what was that? Then (laughs) I got your back, you know. And the thing about wrestling, too, is that stuff is always evolving. You know, there's always, like, a faster gun. So to speak. There's always that next crop of guys just innovating stuff. You know, going from like Ray and Secosis to Dragon Kid to Ricochet and Pac, and then to Will Ospreay and Ray Phoenix and now with Vikingo and Commander, and it's like I I can't even fathom what guys will be doing in five or ten years from now. It's it's if they are doing the stuff that Vikingo and Commander are doing now, what's that gonna look like a few years down the line, Rob? I I can't even imagine.
1: Of course, it's like, uh, and I can't even explain the like, like you said, you came along later than me, and for me, imagine going from a world of you know WWF, WW, the Giants, and then all of a sudden seeing this guy, who you're like, wow, I'm I'm only a teenager and I'm as big as this guy, and this guy's doing what he can do, and like you said, I, the stuff that people come up with these days, it's just, I remember we used to be on this, uh, this used to be this wrestling simulator called T N M. And you got to make your matches. It was MS DOS, very old school. But we used to be part of this like mailing list where everybody uses the system would be gets talk to each other. And I remember one thing that stuck with me was this guy, because I would be using my Lucha Libre guys in my simulated Fed. And he'd be like, oh, these Lucha Libre guys, they suck. Eventually they'll run out of things to do in the ring. And <laughs> I just, that, that quote just stuck with me forever because it's like, run out of things to do in the ring. It's literally unlimited what you can do with the ring and its surroundings, and I like to feel that, you know, 20 years later, I was proven right because I see – me and you, we see stuff every week that we've never seen before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's literally called Lucha Libre. Libre means free, and they're free to do whatever they want. You know, the only yeah. <laughs> the only limit is their physical capabilities, and yeah, as time goes on. That just seems to get bigger and bigger, so yeah. Yeah. Um... But also this too, I don't think we can ignore the importance of psychosis as the base, because yeah. in lucha and in wrestling, the guy who catches the crazy dives and you know takes the crazy moves is just as important as the guy doing the crazy moves and doing the crazy dives and. That's what made Ray and Cicosis such a great you know pairing. They each had their role, with Ray being the smaller flyer and Sikosis as the base, the guy catching him. And they played it, you know, to a T. You know, same with like a Black Tarus and Vikingo. You know, can Black Taurus pull off the dives that Vikingo can do? Probably not, no, but Taurus is there as the base, catching Vikingo and making sure that these moves are pulled off smoothly and look great. And they always do. You know, he's always there right where he needs to be. And that's why he's awesome. You know, that's why he's so vital. And he's also saving lives, too. I remember um, last year, I know you went to the uh, Ric Flair you know, Last Match show. Uh, the Lucha 4-Way, Bandido, went for a tope. And he was, like, this close to landing on his head and breaking his neck. And who was there to catch him and save him at the last minute? Black Taruth. So, yeah, not the not the flashiest gig in the world, but a very important one, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely, 100%. It's bittersweet, really, when you think about it, because the the Flyers can't do what they do. Well, they can't do it at their best without the best bases, but often those bases, they just don't get the same prestige that the Flyers do. Like You see what's happening with a guy like Vikingo and Commander right now, and Taurus is right there with them, making sure that they look like a million bucks, and it just doesn't seem to be coming for him. And I know that we just went from a mania weekend where I think twice on the same weekend we had acknowledgements for Sikosis and everything he did. But at the same time, you can't argue, you can't make any sort of argument that his career was as big as a guy like Ray Mysterio Jr. It's one of those just selfless roles that somebody has to play it, And if you're great at it, you'll always find work. But oftentimes you won't be compensated or be treated in the same respect as your counterpart.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's like a character actor in hollywood you know will they ever be like a leading star Eh, probably not no but you know we need a doctor we need a gangster we need a cop who can we get that guy because he's been those roles a billion times before and he's good at them so yeah they'll always have a gig at least that's for sure so yeah yep all right that was number one uh rob what is music memory number two for us
1: music memory number two is gangsta's paradise by coolio is because the other thing that really shaped my interest in professional wrestling was the first ever ECW TV tape that I brought, that I bought, excuse me, which was from I believe January 96, around that time period. And among the episodes, they would have these ads between the matches where they would hype other videos that they had. And one of them was a show called Gangsta's Paradise. So of course they used the, the popular song at the time by Coolio. I believe it was from some sort of movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I can't remember what the movie was, but this video hyping, 30 second video, with this song hyping the, the show that had like Rey junior Cicosis, again, their names come up, but a stacked three table spot. I instantly needed to buy this videotape. I forget how much I spent on it. Probably a fortune at the time. And this show, I got it in the mail many weeks later. And from then on, Everything about me was I got to find out more about this ECW company that I had only seen in magazines before. It was a revolutionary company in terms of the wrestling, the wrestlers they book, booking everything.
0: Well, first of all, the movie you were thinking of with Michelle Pfeiffer was uh, Dangerous Minds. That's yes. the movie right there, with this song on it. But um, but yeah, we mentioned music videos earlier. This is a great example of just the power of a video and the pull of it because it's on YouTube. It's like a minute long but you've got, you know, footage in slow motion with like a pile driver through a table and a super powerbomb through a table and 911 hitting the choke slam and uh Ray and C. again the cage match the crowd's going nuts and you just hear over it. We've been spending most of our lives living in a gangster's <laughs> paradise like yeah, this event took place like almost 30 years ago and you still want to be there. You still want to be part of it cuz that's the power of this video. It really captures the atmosphere and the excitement and the energy and the vibes and it just makes you want to experience it yourself. You know, it's the same feeling I had with like, um, you know, All Out 2021 and Forbidden Door last year. There weren't like videos for them, but still, I I just had this feeling of I can't just watch these shows from home. I feel compelled to be there for them. You know, All Out, it was Punk's return. It was the Young Bucks-Lucha Brothers cage match. The whole car looked pretty great. And Forbidden Door it was, you know, the novelty of the first ever AEW New Japan show. I mean, these are two very different scenarios than 95 ECW, mind you. But still, I felt that same pull and that same desire. And that's what videos like these were made to do. They were made to reach out to a young Rob Viper in Canada <laughs> and tell him, Hey, man, you can't miss this. You need to be part of this in some way. And yeah, that's just the, the power of the video, like I said, Rob.
1: So I want to touch on what you just said. But first, I just want to ask you, do you know who Weird Al Yankovic is? Of course, yeah. Well, you know, I just, I feel like I'm not a music guy, like I said. So, and plus, I feel like that's more of a Canadian thing. So maybe some people don't know, but he parodied this song. Do you know that?
0: Yeah, Amish Paradise.
1: Exactly. And so because I was a music nerd, I didn't even know, like I knew just from the movie, like I said, but the first exposure to this song for me in full was the Weird Al parody. So it's actually like this was a, a year or two later when I found out about ECW and all that to hear Coolio, the actual song involved in wrestling. It was just it was just weird how it worked that way. But uh, going back to what you said, uh, you know, I always say if there were, if you could make a time machine, then yes, I would literally use that time machine not to help the world for any good. I don't care about that. I would transport back in time so that I could attend some ECW arena shows because I never got the chance. and I mean, I was far too young for my mom to allow me to travel with strangers to Philadelphia <laughs> or anything, but the, uh, my boss, Mike Mikikio, who runs High Spots, he used to always go to the shows. And literally, the best times I have with him is just like, tell me about this show or tell me about that show. I'm getting to hear all his memories. It's just an experience that I'll never have, and I can just live vicariously through him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me with, like, Golden Era, Gabe, ROH, where so many guys I know went to those shows, and there I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, just <laughs> twiddling my thumbs at home there, but um, but I was thinking about this, too, you know, I think a video like this, Gangster's Paradise, you don't really see them nowadays, like the dedicated commercial to a show that's already happened. Like, nowadays, when a show happens, it happens, you move on, you might see a tweet or two saying, order the replay now, or whatever, but... Nowadays, it's just, you know, it happens and it's gone. There really aren't any more videos like these where they show clips from a show during another show that's happening right now to promote that older show. It's just kind of just gone, I think. And I know technology moves on, time moves on, but yeah, it's, it's a lost art, so to speak, I think, Rob.
1: Yeah, I mean, business-wise, it was a necessity. It was the lifeblood of ECW. They had to sell those videotapes because that's what was bringing in money at the time. And so you had to put news like that. Plus these days, you'd probably never get away with something like that because ECW was so under the radar back then that they could get away. I believe the whole thing was that they were, it was like they were licensing samples and that's how they would get away in case anybody came sniffing around. But I always, I was, that's why one of the things they say about Tony Khan is that he came up as an ECW fan. So as soon as, you know, you know that and you see what he started it did click in my mind that, hmm, I wonder if maybe we'll get that era back where he'll start putting together these video packages. And obviously, he hasn't been afraid to license music. He spent he spent quite a bit of money on certain songs for people. So I've always wondered, like, maybe one day he'll bring it back and he'll he'll name a show after a famous song, use the song. But we also have to be reasonable that these days to do something like that, you got to have basically super bowl type money to rent these songs and get them used on your programming. So you just have to understand it from that point of view, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't shed any tears if just one of these dynamites, they did a Pulp Fiction ending to the show or something like that.
0: <laughs> a little miserloo thrown in there. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, we said it before on the show, but real songs and wrestling are great. They're just, they're just great. And yeah if you're on the indies or uh, you know Lucha Libre (laughs) you're more able to get away with it I suppose but if you're a major company like WWE or AEW or whatever then you gotta pay for it and with Tony Khan who is a billionaire he does have the money to pay for some songs like Jane for Orange Cassidy or uh, you know Tarzan boy for Jack Perry or um, carry on my wayward son for for the elite and whatnot so yeah he does have the money for that but still you can't just play the songs willy-nilly. You gotta, you know, work with corporations, work with copyrights, cross some T's, dot some I's. There are we's you have to untangle to get these songs cleared. And as much as we would love to hear a lot more of them, it's because of those clearances that we don't really, you know, get that stuff. Well, that and the money, of course, but still, (laughs) it's not as easy as it is. But again, it's just the way it goes, Rob.
1: Just like you said, it's one of those things. The business changes and... You gotta, you gotta go with it, and now we have, we have a lot of, uh, like in Lucha, even, it's affecting Lucha, even though I joke around that you can play whatever you want, you basically can but they're still kind of being careful right now, CMLL has their own generic themes that they make in-house, and AAA has gone to, I don't know what you would call it, but you know those uh, uh, public domain music.
0: Yeah, library songs, things like that, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, time now for the third and final music memory. Rob, what you got? So my third pick
1: is, uh, if you follow WWF and Attitude Era, you probably heard a lot by this band, Drowning Pool Sinner. I picked this song because it's one of the most memorable video packages for me that they've ever done for a pay-per-view for me it's even higher than like the limp biscuit one for wrestlemania when they were crowning the first ever undisputed champion they had to match with the rock austin jericho and kurt angle and they did a music video i'm not even sure if it was on the raw or the smackdown before but they used sinner and it's just, it's great. It's available on YouTube. Easy to search up if you type, I think, WWE, WWF Vengeance 2001 promo. It's like a minute and 15, 30 seconds, something like that. And the lyrics just match perfect with the stare down, the chair shots. It was everything about the Attitude Era in that little video package, the blood, everybody turning on each The larger than life characters. It was just it, – it brings me to a happy time in wrestling when you just couldn't wait every week to sit down and see what's going to happen Monday, Thursday, and then the pay-per-view.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen the video myself, but um, the way you describe it, I can just picture it in my head because, you know, speaking of lost art, I mean, WWE used to do a really good job of putting in, like, you know, the real music or the show theme into the promo video for the big match on the show. Like, My Way for Rockin' Austin in Seventeen is – The big example there, um, Highway to Hell for uh, Taker and Austin at SummerSlam 98. Um, There was one for Taker and Shawn Michaels at Mania 26 with uh, Running Up That Hill, the cover version by Placebo. That's a great video right there. And they don't really do it anymore, unfortunately. But I mean, those videos, they're all iconic because they used real songs. And when you gave me your choices earlier in the week, I saw this and it stood out to me because. I thought it was a bit random, you know? I mean, Rey Mysterio theme, that's pretty obvious right there. Gangsta's Paradise, ECW, again, pretty obvious. This song is just the Vengeance 01 theme. And, you know, beyond Jericho winning the title for the first time, that's not really, you know, a well-known show, really. So it's a bit a bit random, I suppose. But the way you explained it, it makes, you know, a lot of sense there, Rob.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if we're being fully honest, I couldn't tell you a single other thing that happened on that Vengeance pay-per-view other than that match. And the pick is more about the music video than anything else, just because, like I said, I got into music videos. And so I used to have this VHS tape where I would just uh, copy over from one tape to another. Yes, back in the day, that's how you had to do it. (laughs) You would take, like, uh, for example, that same year they did a... a Flair and Vince were in the ring. It was during the NWO storyline. So it was after this. but where they were trying to take over the company and you ended up playing this video package by Kid Rock with all the history of WWF champions. And it was beautiful. And so I would take videos like that and put them onto its own videotape. But this Vengeance one was always like the king of the video music videos for me. And I would go to it and it's like, this is how you build a show. This is how you get somebody, a non-fan interested, of course, to use music that they can identify with. And you watch those clips and like I said, I was just so into making music videos that for me, this is like the pinnacle. You need to have the a, a producer or director, somebody to put all these clips together to know where to pull it from That at the exact moment in the song when it's like, you know, you have the guys come face to face that when that exact lyric hits. That's the magic for me in making music videos. And like you said, nobody was better than this at the time than WWF. They were just... Incredible. They still are to this day, to be quite honest, putting together production. I can I'm not really a WWF WWE guy these days. I'll watch it just as like background, but they put together a video package and I'll sit there and I'll watch it for three, four minutes. And if they've got some music attached to it, I honest I instantly know what's going on without having to sit through 52 weeks out of the year of acknowledge me and all that bullshit.
0: <laughs> it's an art form, yeah. It takes a lot of time. And a lot of skill to make these videos and make them well. You know, you can't just put a few clips in, slap a song on it, and just, yay, there you go. No, you gotta put some real effort into it. And I know for me, when I made those New Japan videos a few years ago, I was pretty anal about stuff like, you know, okay, we gotta hard cut to this exact beat right here in the song, and (laughs) we have to make sure the chorus comes in right at this split second moment, and gotta trim this here, we got to transition there, and got to fade out, and okay, here comes the drum break and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work to make sure everything lines up properly and to make sure that the video tells the story you want to tell. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and you've got the final product in front of you, you know, it tends to be worth it. You know, I know for myself, I go back to watch those videos, and I admittedly feel a lot of pride in them, and feel a lot of, you know, feel a lot of accomplishment, and think, you know, hey, that... That Andrew Rich guy does a pretty good job, I think. So it, it is worth it in the end, I suppose. But but yeah, it is a lot of hard work, and it's fun to to go back to those old videos and you know relive the glory days of Drowning Pool, which you know nowadays not a very hot band in the moment, but um, <laughs> back then they were. So yeah, it's fun to look back and revisit that old stuff, Rob.
1: Yeah, it, there was a lot of bands around that time that WWF used that people look back and laugh at, but I mean it was just you know that was you had to be there, I guess, trapped and all these. All these groups that they would use songs from that these days it's just I mean, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure Dragon Pool doesn't even exist. I don't wanna be rude, but I think the lead singer may have died. I'm not sure. But I don't know, do you know?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, he did die. Um I don't know if they're still going nowadays, but uh the lead singer did die, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I, I haven't heard about them in ages. So uh, but I, I do recall one of those type bands, the lead singer, did pass away. So I wasn't sure if it was them or someone else.
0: Yeah, it was Drowning Pool. Um I think it was like a year after this album came out that he died of like heart failure or whatever. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's just awful. Cause um, they
1: also did like uh, Bodies, that was yep, w- the that
0: used Same album as this one. Um and Bodies was a way bigger song all around, I think, mm-hmm. especially in WWE. Because they used that for a ton of things. They used it for SummerSlam 01. Uh, it was the Alliance theme. It was the theme for ECW One Night Stand. It was the first ECW and Sci-Fi theme as well. So yeah, they got a lot of mileage out of this one. Um, Them and like a billion indie guys. So <laughs> that too. But uh, yeah, this was a big album, and um, you just kind of kind of had to be there to really appreciate it. I think in the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you were around at the on the internet at that at that time. You probably heard it in like every music video, to be quite honest, because it was the popular wrestling song. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can remember CZW XPW videos set to that song, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, indie guys, promotions got a, got a lot of mileage out of it. That's for sure.
1: Probably as entrance themes too. I would think that if you attended an indie show around that time, somebody's coming out in pleather to that. <laughs>
0: <song>. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, doing a shining wizard, the whole nine yards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Man. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, Rob, thank you for being here. This was just so much fun. Your first time on. Thanks, man.
1: No, oh, my pleasure. Love loved being on your Love talking about my wrestling memories. If you'll have me on again, I'll pick three more songs. We can do it one more time.
0: Oh, of course, of course, yeah. Um, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead.
1: Hi, Spots TV, Go check. you can check out the show we just did, the WrestleCon Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show. I was very proud of our efforts on that show uh you can check out the entire library we've got pwg up there i know everybody's running joke loves to be making fun of how behind the times pwg is but <laughs> go, on, go on the net go on uh well considering how long it's been since the show has run you're basically going to be up to date soon if you subscribe <laughs> to high spots tv so check it out
0: all right and music of the Met is of course part of the voices of wrestling podcast network you can find all the great shows on there at voices Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord for all discussions and comments. Voicesofwrestling.com slash donate. For any donations, uh, just click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Rob, thank you again, and we will see you around. Thank you. All right, for Rob Viper, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.
1: Hello.
0: New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.